Welcome to the Forcedex Metric Minute brought to you by Vault Performance. My name is Kareem Drakawi, and today we'll talk about phase asymmetry. Now, please keep in mind these are just examples. Be careful not to try and evaluate an entire movement strategy based on solely a single force time trace. More information is always needed. Now, in this screenshot from the Forcedex software, the eccentric phase is in purple, the concentric phase a nice beige color, and then later on the landing occurs. Left force is in blue, right force is in orange, and if you add the two together, you'll get total force, which is in gray. Body weight is denoted by the green area that runs left to right. But let's go ahead and keep things simple. Here we see a nearly perfect counter movement jump repetition. We know it's a well-balanced force output from this individual because the left and right sides are nearly in complete harmony with one another. Here we see a little bit of a different story. There's a moderate left-sided asymmetry in the eccentric phase, a nearly perfect concentric phase, and then a very large left-sided asymmetry upon landing. Now this individual probably does not want to load fast and hard on the right side, but even more so in the landing phase when velocity is higher, peak impact force is higher, rate of force development is higher, plus there's proprioceptive and afferent feedback demand that has to coordinate a safe and effective landing. So the stakes are higher in the landing phase, and so that's probably why the asymmetry is exacerbated there. Here we see a very clear right-sided dominance. Even before the movement begins, this individual is leaning onto the right side. So eccentric, concentric, and especially landing, we see a very large right-sided preference the entire jump through. Here there's a low slash moderate asymmetry during the eccentric and concentric phases. There's not a clear preference left side or right. However, the same cannot be said about the landing phase. So this individual might be trying to avoid impact on the right side, however, we can definitely see that the asymmetry is inconsistent in the, e in the eccentric and concentric phases, but more so in the landing phase, it's very clear. Finally, we have this idea of the breaking phase crossover point. So essentially, if you remember from previous episodes, the breaking phase is when an individual starts to reverse the trend of downward force application and start to put force in the ground, tense up and apply a lot more uh, energy to the, to the movement preparation period. So now what we see here is when that kicks in, there's a right side of preference from that moment of increasing force output. So the left side is, is above upon standing and also an unweighing, but then as soon as things start to tense up and get a little bit tougher, the right side kicks in and takes over, especially during the landing phase. Now, a couple of key takeaways is that everything's based on time and force production and movement strategy. So essentially the phase asymmetry patterns can reveal much about performance and potential injury risk. If you have any thoughts or want to follow up on anything at all that's been covered here, please reach out to us at Vault Performance or my personal email address. Thank you. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some awesome practitioners who are always trying to evolve and continue to grow professionally throughout their career. The problem with many of us, though, is finding a new outlet, a new way and a new perspective on the questions that we may have whether it be programming, whether it be situational with dealing with coaches, or whether it be career advice. Because all too often what happens is we get stuck in with the same group of friends and the same group of colleagues that we reach out to for advice repeatedly over and over again. But what we should really be looking for is different perspectives, different people who have been through different situations who can help us make better decisions both for ourselves and our athletes. And one awesome place to start with that is the forums in the Strength Coach Network. In the forums in the Strength Coach Network, You'll be able to reach out and get feedback, input, and advice from coaches from all over the world, from everything from career advice to training modalities to programming 
There's people there just for the same reason as you are, to try to get better, to learn, to share information, and to grow the field of strength and conditioning. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS to dive into all that great content today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Jay DeMeo coming at you with this week's edition of My Thoughts Monday. And last week, there was some pretty good feedback in the episode talking about some things that I listened to outside of the world of performance. Uh, so I figured we would continue on and talk about some books that I've read that I found really helpful in this. Now, again, none of this is like advice or telling you what you should or shouldn't do because it's not my thing. But what they are are some resources that really helped me um, really start to understand some things that, again, that we've now started to talk more about and are some, some resources that I think are really helpful when it comes to having a better understanding of how we can do better for ourselves as coaches. And today I want to touch upon three books. Um, just like last week was three shows. I, I could give you like eight, ten books and, you know, another four or five shows that I listen to that I really like. But I figured I'd kind of water it down here at the beginning. And if it's something people want more of, we can get more into it. But, you know, the first book is now turning into the most gifted book uh, from me, especially in the last year or so. And that's really one of the OGs when it comes to personal finance. And that is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, or as a lot of people will refer to it, RDPD, uh, people in the FI or the financial independence community. It's a great read. It's a great story. Um, it's an easy read. So that's really important to start out. And, you know, it's not written like a textbook. It's, it's a story about how this person had a rich dad and a poor dad and what money means. And I think the biggest lesson that I took from this book that really got me to start wanting to look at other books, because this is really the first one that I got into as well, uh, is the idea of the difference between assets and liabilities. And he looks at it, the author looks at it a little differently than mainstream America. Uh, like what most people would say are your primary assets. He says, maybe you're looking at it a little incorrectly in some ways that we can do better. But I, this really opened the door for me to kind of, or was like, I guess, my gateway drug, if you may, when it came to the world of personal finance. And it's a book, again, it's an easy read. It's a fun read because the stories are really neat. And there is a ton of information that's going to, it's not going to be what changes how you do things. What it is, is it's going to change your perspective and start to get you to look at things a little differently and want to dive down different rabbit holes. So, or at least that's what it did for me. Maybe with you, it'll be different. But for me, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was, was number one. And it's the first one that I recommend. The second book is another one that a lot of people in the financial independence community talk about. And that is The Richest Man in Babylon. Now, this is sort of the opposite of RDPD. It's stories, but it's written in Old English. And it's something that I, you know, a book that I've shared with a bunch of the guys and they've read too. And, you know, they said that it wasn't as, as good of a read. And, you know, some of the, the Europeans actually have a harder time reading it because of the old English. It, it doesn't translate well into today's English. But there are some super lessons in this. 
there are some huge takeaways. And, you know, going from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which kind of pushed me into looking into these things, to the richest man in Babylon, where well, what Babylon does is it gives you the framework. It gives you the ideas and it gives you some specific things to set yourself up for success. It's, I mean, it's not a long read. It's a small book with, you know, 10 different stories, I think it is. Um, but it gets into things that are actually going to be able to allow you to start to drive decisions and start not just to uncover different ideas, but to, when you look at the stories and what the important takeaways and lessons are from them, it starts to get you to be able to set benchmarks and checkpoints um, that a lot of which, if you're familiar with a guy named Dave Ramsey, are very similar um, in a way to like his like checklists that go through. Um, these are different points and different things to look at, but they're very, very valuable and very, very useful when it comes to that. The third and final one that I want to talk about today is a book that was actually gifted to me by Jake Jensen. This is an absolute stud of a book, The Psychology of Money. I love this book for a few reasons. One, it's written super easy to read, stories, things that you'll be able to understand and wrap your mind around, not super deep when it comes to terminology. But, you know, we like to talk about the art of coaching and you know, the artist side of coaching and communication and all those things. And all that is based around psychology. And this book really gets into the different ways that psychology impacts us when it comes to investing and decisions with money. Everything from FOMO to, you know, what triggers us when it comes to fluctuations in the market and how things can play out long run. Um, it's, it's really cool. It's a great read. I've already read it twice. Uh, as you can see, there's pages that have been marked and, and held for different things that I want to go back and look at. I think it's absolutely sensational. Uh, I can't thank Jake enough for sending this to me. And the other thing that I think is really cool about this is the author goes through and he talks about, hey, well, you need to be concerned with X and Y and Z. And you need to look out for these type of behaviors and things that trigger this, that, and the third. But then he also comes around and says, hey, and you know what? At the end of the day, this is how I'm investing and this is what I'm doing. And in no way, shape or form is this individual saying, hey, this is how you're supposed to do it. This is how it's supposed to be done. This is what you need to do. What they're saying is because of all of this, these are the decisions that I've made. So you get a good case study on top of it. Now, again, it's not the author saying this is exactly what you need to do, how you need to do it and when you need to do it. There are books like that and there are some that if people want... I could share a couple of those that I've read and I found pretty helpful as well. Um, neither of which actually do I truly follow their advice, but just things that have helped me kind of focus and, and garner some different ideas. But it's, it's neat because you see what the author is talking about. You learn how money is really, these emotional decisions can really hamstring you in the future. And then they go on to show what they've done to work within those parameters and constraints and that maze, if you may, of working with their psyche to do the best that investing that it can be for them. So I don't know where other people stand with these, uh, but I figured since people liked the fact that I was sharing those shows and, you know, again, it's 
the Weekly Juice podcast, Paula Plants, uh, Afford Anything, and Bigger Pockets Money. I mean, they're great shows. There's another show that I've gotten into recently as well that we can talk about on another show again. But yeah, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Richest Man in Babylon, and The Psychology of Money. Again, shout out Jake Jensen for the hookup on this one. Um, three great resources that have really helped me take a step back, take a deep breath, and start to look in different directions so that hopefully I can have a better understanding of what I'm doing personally with what you know, that is being offered as compensation to better myself in that realm so that I can be a better coach and not have to worry about all of that as much. But as always, would love to hear what you guys are diving into and what things, you know, you found useful on these topics and what other resources that are out there that coaches should be looking into. Uh, because again, I think that these three are a great place to start and a great place that can help people not just have a better understanding of some of this stuff, but to ask better questions and find better resources and dig deeper so that we can do better for ourselves as we try to grow the field. But as always, truly appreciate everything y'all do for us here at Science of Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another My Thoughts Monday. I'll see you then.